I love the way the First Gen Lounge makes me feel. Because it creates a space where I belong. Where we're able to create community. The fact that it's a community. It's a safe place. It also gives me a place to understand different perspectives. The stories of these individuals prescribe transformational perspective. I receive encouragement, enlightenment, empowerment. And also serve as a catalyst to just keep going. Where we're able to be our true selves. I'm allowed to be an unapologetic first gen. And above all else, tell our story. And every episode is unique. I love it. I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. All right, so before we get into the heart heart of the show, there are three things on my mind that I want to put out there. So I'm going to put it right here to make sure you heard it, okay? So real quick, those three things. Number one, if at any point during this episode, you find yourself like, mm-hmm, girl, yes, if it just resonates, do me a favor, share this with at least three people who you believe can relate and or find value in the conversation that is being had over here, okay? Number two, if you have not already, don't forget to go check out the First Gen Shop. It is a first of its kind store created to inspire, empower, and uplift first-generation scholars and graduates across the globe. And hear me when I say, we got what you need, okay? So go ahead, come on over, make history with us. And third, be sure to head over and learn more about First Generation University. I invite you to peruse the programs to see if there's anything that may be of benefit to you and or someone that you may know. All the links you're looking for, you can find in the episode notes and the full show notes on the website. All right, so those are the three things that I have for you. So now let's get to the show. Hey, hey, welcome back. And if you are new here, what's up with you, boo? So glad to have you. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Okay, I have been wanting to do a show about being Black Greek for years, but... I never really got around to it because if I am for real, I hadn't fully grasped how I wanted to approach it. But when I realized that this year's Founders Day actually fell on a Thursday in the year 2022, the 109th year of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, I just had to go ahead and make this happen. While there are several angles that I considered, I thought that I would start with the one that focus on how being first generation and a member of a black Greek letter organization has changed my life. And when I started thinking about all of the possible topics to cover, I realized that this is going to be the kind of talk that probably happens in multiple parts um, where we have guests because I think a format with other people will allow for more perspectives to have a more robust conversation and to do the topic more justice in, in what it is. Um, And before I get into, you know, get into it, because, you know, I'd like to get into it. I would be remiss if I did not show love to Benjamin Perez, a.k.a. Perez, the advisor. Um, He's someone with whom I actually had my very first conversation with about being first generation in Greek. It was the kind of talk that opened me up to being able to have this one. So I'm really grateful. Um, go check out President Advisor. He's got a really dope first-gen platform, and he also hosts the Latinx Greek Life podcast. So shout out to you. So with all of that said, here we go, here we go. <laughs> so I 
I didn't know anything about Greek life when I went to college. So I didn't step foot on campus looking forward to the day that I would finally become the legacy that would make my mama and or aunties come to tears, right? And for me, how could I become a part of something that I didn't understand? How could I feel a level of enthusiasm about one more than the other when everything was so foreign to me? Like what did all of it mean and how was I supposed to know the unspoken rules of the game? So as a first generation college student, the journey to becoming a member of a BGLO was certainly one um, of a process that required a lot of patience, thoughts, and research for me. Hindsight, I take great pride in knowing that the decision to pursue membership into Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated was because I eventually came to know for myself without a shadow of a doubt that it was the absolute right organization for me. Now, there were a few things that shaped my thoughts and feelings about joining a sorority in the first place. Um, three things that I've identified in particular and I want to run those down for you. The first was that I went to an HBCU and there was an undeniable presence of black Greeks on campus. Often to me, these were the people who were the leaders in the game changers, right? And I was really fascinated by this culture of organizations. I remember the first probate that I had gone to was actually Delta Gamma Noops. I didn't know what the heck was going on, but I knew that it was something special and it was really cool and they were very excited. And one day they were one thing and the next day it was totally different. <laughs> so I said, right up my mind around it, but there was so much love and enthusiasm and excitement and cheer that it was like, oh, this is really cool. Oh, this is why they did that. Oh, so a lot of light bulbs, right? Um, even more about Greek life, I was intrigued by the stepping and the strolling. That wasn't something that I was familiar with. It was the programs that the Greeks hosted, from oratoricals to pageants, pajama jams in the gym, study halls, etiquette workshops, financial awareness seminars, you name it, they did it all. And a number on the leaders, like I said earlier, on campus were Greeks, so a few of them like naturally took me under their wing um, by association of being an SGA together or being an honors college. There was something that, you know, created a connection for us. And back in the day, <laughs> we had plots on the yard. I still really hate that those are gone. I really do. It still breaks my heart. But anyway, I remember outside of these being spaces where people, you know, went to go be with their people, right? I remember alumni coming to campus for homecoming and they were swarming to these these areas on the yard like bees to honey and for days I just watched the joy, the laughter and the camaraderie of these people being home in the spaces where they belong but even crossing the yard to show love and give love. It was just an interaction exchange that I just feel like you only really get at HBCU. <laughs> But it was also, you know, with these plots and just seeing things, um, the, this Greek life, it was a sense of ownership and pride and a sacredness that was no doubt there, um, but it caught my attention. The second thing for me would be my experience with Dr. Kim QB Leathers. Um, she was the Dean of Honors College. Um, she was somebody who was my, one of my greatest mentors of, of all time. Um, just I've talked about her several times if you had heard her name on the show by now I don't know what you're doing that's it. but she was also an alpha chapter aka but again very instrumental in my journey to becoming Greek 
She was the one who introduced me to black fraternal organizations that existed before BGLOs were even a thing. She was the one who taught me about the missions of these black fraternal orders and how they were really the things that helped black communities to thrive, um, to be pushed forward. It was also because of her that I was able to understand the historical significance of black societies um, and then the greater emphasis was eventually put on like Greek life. As someone who has a thing for history, right? Um, and being a large part of the reason I went to Shaw, I've talked about this, but I continue to feel even more compelled um, to go in the direction of becoming a part of a BGLO. Like for me at some point, it was like, how could I not be a part of something with such a rich and profound history? And with this HBCU, it's like, what? So yeah. Um, and I say this as well um, as something that I've never shared, but I'm just going to go ahead and share it because here we are. It is because of Dr. Leathers that I was able to get this foundational knowledge of BGLOs and it would be significant for me as a first generation college student because I could talk to her freely and rid myself of any anxiety of being judged for simply not knowing what I wanted to do. So like in the moments I shared with her, I could let go of all the feelings that I may have had in other spaces that I had done something so incredibly wrong because I struggled to understand this concept of Greek life and even when I was considering I couldn't make up my mind. She never pushed me one way or another right and ironically it would be her who would end up writing my letter my faculty letter of recommendation when I pursued membership into Delta. I actually remember when I went to her about it and she told me how excited she was to hear and that she had a feeling that I was going to go in the direction that she could even see it for me, but I had to see it for myself. And she knew that if I were picked, that Delta would be lucky to have me. You, you got all that, right? And leave that there. We're going to come back to that conversation one of these days. <laughs> but you got that. You heard it. I know you heard it. Um, but again, yeah, we're going we gonna to keep it moving. The third thing. The third thing was probably the thing um, for me. So an alumnus had reached out to me. Um, shout out to Autumn, actually. Name of Autumn, Autumn Bailey. But she had reached out to me because there was a chapter of De Delta in the area, Night Del Wake Forest, KWF, um, who wanted to bring students to campus for a tour and it happened to be on the weekend. Mind you, at this time, I was still up in the air about Greek life. I had made a decision, but my homegirl had reached out. I was doing a favor for a friend, so you know, it is what it is, we gonna make it happen. So she thought, you know, me being involved was part of the reason, you know, I was on campus, I was a student leader, so I'm like, well, okay, I, I got you. But I was gonna bring and do my best for this group, right? I was, I was gonna do that because I gotta make my homegirl look good, you know, I gotta make our campus look good, but I, I love Shaw, so anybody who comes, I want you to feel the love for Shaw that I felt. So I put together an entire program, <laughs> a whole program. Uh, to my memory, I think I had did like a uh, campus tour. I had one of the modeling troops come out and perform. I invited the current Miss Shaw to come out and just to speak and, you know, talk about her love for the institution. And I even had a few campus leaders to come in and talk about their experiences as well. I even think I had some people come in and do poetry, if I'm mistaken. So like, really, your girl wanted to show out for them. But I wasn't showing out for them because I wanted to be a Delta. That's the thing. It was, you coming to my school, I'm going to show you the best. My homegirl, again, I can't make her look bad, so this has got to be what it is. Great. And I even believe that 
I reached out to the Office of Admissions and told them what I was going to do. And they even gave me some stuff to give to the students. So like, that's how serious this was for me. But I love Shaw. I, I'm passionate about it. And anybody who'd be willing to listen and even commit to coming to Shaw and have an experience like I did, you ought to be here. That's just what it was for me. Uh, so in the following semester, KWF uh, had an end of the year banquet and they had invited me to attend because they were going to recognize me. Um, and like give me a certificate like an award right for what I had done I was thinking I didn't even think I had done anything but apparently I hadn't left such an impression that it was worthy of you know them inviting me into this banquet so I thought really cool totally caught me by surprise but I was also again super excited about it and they let me bring a guest so I ended up taking one of my homegirls like one of my like my I would say my ace but <laughs> she ended up becoming my quad how ironic right but my ls somebody who i rocked with um through so many things right so many things we have so many stories Tay, shout out to you if you listen to this but anyway we got to this banquet and mind you even going to this banquet um through the years i'm still learning about greek life i'm still making sense of it i'm still striving to understand it right and some people could say well you know oh i was wearing red if you go back to my pictures from like sixth grade yeah i've always been wearing red I am the lady in red. I've always been. I'm sitting here looking in my office at these pictures I have up from when I was in high school too. And I'm like, red dress, red dress, red dress. So it was never that it was red out of even being disrespectful or trying to send signs about things. It was a natural thing for me to just, this is my color. So even with the whole piece of that, um, we went to this, right? We went to this banquet and I had never felt the way that I did in this moment. Honey, let me tell you. I was so blown away by this experience. Until that point, I can't recall being in a room packed full of such dynamic women whose mere presence gave me chills and left me speechless. Not just that, it was being in a room, period, packed full of powerful, positive, and educated black women. It was a sight to see. Like, I had never seen anything like it. It was over a hundred of them. You would have thought that I was a kid experienced the magic of Disney World for the first time. But it was when I left that event that day that I knew that Delta was for me. At the time, Deltas weren't even on the yard, but this experience let me know that I had found my people and I would be willing to wait for if they had ever come around or do it after graduation because in my bones it felt so right. I saw myself in these women. I saw who I could be. I just, I saw it all. It was like, oh my goodness, it was a natural fit. It resonated. And then coupled with all the things that I had been learning over the years, Delta was it. Just everything from her history to its members, it was a perfect alignment. Now, I think it was maybe like a year or so later that our campus learned the Deltas were coming back. So for me, it was like, what? You got to be playing. You got to be kidding me. Because um, I was I was ready for it. I knew that I wanted it. And I believe there were over 130 young women who attended the interest meeting. There were 22 of us that made line. And I ended up being the oh so fine nine on the line. I'm the jewel. Um, but I, I know hindsight that, again, it was, it was one of those divine things like, everything just said yes and how it fell into place and i'm gonna say this too i still get these very 
overwhelming feelings of, oh my goodness, when I am surrounded by a group of us. I still feel like I did that day at that banquet. I am mesmerized by members of Delta Sigma Theta. And it has been over a decade. So that's how you know, you know, you know, you got the one. Is it just me? I don't think it's just me. No, because I talk to other sorors and I know it's not just me. <laughs> so getting to the, the heart of, of why I wanted to do this particular show, or at least start the conversation about being first gen, you know, in a BGLO is because of how my experience in Delta has changed my life. And I can only speak from the point of view of being a Delta. And these are my views and my views alone, right? But I, I, I think that it's been such an an all amazing thing. So going back to like pursuing membership in itself, I thought a lot more about what I could do to contribute to the organization, but it never crossed my mind just how much value that being a part of such an illustrious society would bring to my life. It, it wasn't something that was even there. As a collegiate thinking about what do I get out of this, that just wasn't something that was there. So it is what it is, right? But to date, I can't begin to count the ways in which Delta has had an impact on my life, how which truly helped me become a better woman, but an even more empowered black woman. And I will say this, you know, I think I took for granted some of the experiences as an undergraduate because also going to an HBCU where it already felt like family and we were taking care of each other um, and being first generation was something so common. My experience was normalized. I wasn't worried about race and I wasn't worried about, you know, just belonging on campus. I think one of the other things for me is I was already friends with so many of my launches before we pledged. So it felt like a really large milestone that we'd already reached together, but we had already had this foundation of sisterhood for us. So unlike I think some people in other places who are longing for that community and belonging, I had already had that in so many ways. And then when it came to the part of scholarship, I was in honors college. So I was already nerded out. And for me, scholarship was a standard. Like, don't know if you've heard me share this before, but I went to Shaw on a full academic scholarship. So for me, it was, again, a very natural alignment. I was in a, in a good place, which then I could say that I do think my experience in appreciating my undergraduate experience would have been different um, if I had gone to a PWI and if I went to honors college. And I'm gonna say again, it's not that I did not appreciate it because oh, I truly did. I had a very good time with my line sisters. I just know there's uniqueness in the experience, um, especially having gone to a PWI for grad school, because there was one thing like at an HBCU, we do this. Like this is what we do. That's kind of how it felt. So I could say this being from or looking at it from the lens of being at a being in a place in a space where I'm isolated. And I'm doing this as a response to that isolation, um, to that lack of belonging. So I think there's really, again, a, a difference in approach. And when we think about um, how BGLOs are showing up or what they mean to black students, especially if you look at PWIs and HBCUs, who gonna do that study? Um, speaking of studies though, I know that there are actually a few studies that have been done looking at first generation students in Greek life. Of what I was able to find, I did identify two dissertations that were just done in 2021 
and one from 2020. I will link all three of those in the full show notes on the website. So if you want to go check those out, you can. Um, and I also didn't dig into these because I wanted to talk unbiasedly about my experiences, right? However, at a glance, um, what I did get from them is definitely a kind of what I just spoke to as well. Just for students at PWIs, um, the highlighting the sense of belonging for those who did choose to pursue um, Greek life. Now, I think, I know <laughs> that BGLOs have had a tremendous impact on the overall well-being. And I'm going to loosely say success because y'all know how I feel about the word success, right? Mm-hmm. But of those who are both black and first generation students and graduates. And one of the things to highlight again is just in a BJLO, I don't have to apologize for my blackness. Never have and never will. And I think one of the most overlooked aspects of being a part of a BJLO, especially as a first gen, um, is that we take the commitment for life. And why do I say especially as a first gen? Because there's so many elements of being first gen as a student, but then the what happens after college part is where I brought this platform in, what, several years ago now, four years <laughs> talking about it because what happens after we graduate and we get into the real world, talking about social capital and community and opportunities and mentorship, right? All of those things um, come into play. So being that Delta didn't stop for me once I got my degree, in truth, it was post-college when I feel like I really started to get the fullness of Delta and when it really started to hit me being black Greek um, and taking this lifelong commitment. So when I first moved to Mississippi, it was Sorors who were the first one to show up on campus because I reached out and let them know, hey, I'm coming down, I'm moving, I got this job. And my first day there, they were the first people I met like at the gate, okay? Showed up, they helped me move, even made sure that I was good, I had what I needed. I walked into a community um, automatically. So even if I didn't know my coworkers well, or I had to navigate that, I already had sisters that had a place for me to be, right? And that was like a mind blowing thing to realize, you know, as I was working through the reflections as I was putting this together. I mean, it was Soros who I had a student <laughs> and when their parents, you know, her mom and her aunt came in, they had on they paraphernalia and I was like hey Soros and eventually it would be those women who would invite me to their home so I wouldn't be alone for Thanksgiving my first Thanksgiving in Mississippi and my student has now become my soror as well and to be with them and to be in this family and to be a part of this this group of women who were deltas but my sisters at Thanksgiving um was was big and even thinking about the years and watching my then student evolved in the first day she called me Sora and to have known her from, you know, when she was just a young woman who I ran into in the hallway to being in her house that same Thanksgiving for, you know, the holiday to now how we kick it and talking all the things. It was just a beautiful, beautiful experience for me, but all because I was a soror and they realized that I didn't have anywhere to go for the break and it wasn't too much to ask to say or it wasn't too much to just say period you come be with us so that you don't be by yourself we take a care of you you just show up you just get here okay it was a soror who invited me to her house one summer when she was having a game night 
and it would be there that I would meet the love of my life, Dr. King. So shout out to the Soul for the Love Connection. Now she wasn't trying to hook us up, but I will say <laughs> when he walked in, I looked at her, I was like, girl, and she just looked at me and said, hmm, all right, <laughs> you got it. So she amped me up with that. So hey, Lene. <laughs> um, and one of the women who is now my best friend, um, she's my best friend, who's actually a Zeta though, right? I met her through a soror. I wanna say the same soror if I'm mistaken, so you know, all the connections, but even getting my footing in Mississippi and finding my way and, and having, again, my sense of belonging post-college. Um, when I moved, it was major that soror stepped in and such that I did, I never had to be alone because I moved to Mississippi and I didn't know anybody when I moved there. I had never been there outside of the one time that I went down to visit for my interview. So this was completely new territory for me, but Soul Wars looked out. And as a scholar, um, graduate school comes to mind first because again, I moved again, now 10 hours away from home. I went down to Hattiesburg to go to school and I didn't know a single person there either. So again, here I was in a new space, but yet I was not without community again. So on the first day of my assistantship, it was actually the sorors who came through to connect with me on campus. And they were like, hey, we heard you with the new GA, looking forward to you know, getting to know you. We just chose so much love. And if you need anything, we're here, here are our numbers. And I'm thinking to myself, Lord, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. This is sisterhood amplified, but in a way that I was told once upon a time ago that sisterhood, we are committed to, to this. And it was showing itself to me in a way that these were people who were strangers, but what connected us was the bond and it wasn't too much for them to be there for me. So it was Soros who, you know, as other grad students, PhD students, master students, right? Because we went through all the things together. But the ones who were getting together, you know, before class to get a quick dinner and to kind of catch up and talk about the readings or just catch up on life or what was going on, what was happening and over spring break or just weekend, sometimes getting together to have potlucks just to decompress and just feel supported to talk and to laugh. Like <laughs> for me, it was, it was Soros who showed up um, in a way that I was kind of like, again, I'm just so grateful. It was being able to get a textbook real quick if I didn't have it because I couldn't probably like pay for it at the time or just couldn't find it or just was in one of those spaces like I had what I needed. It was having people who could look at papers and give me honest feedback. Cause sometimes I'd be like, not sore, now you know. <laughs> All you can do is laugh, be like, yeah, okay, shame, shame, shame. But to get you together and to love you and to have folks to meet with at the library, to do hours of research, it was having a community of individuals that didn't mind taking me to the airport and picking me up when the airport was over an hour and a half away. And to do that without expectation. And there was one moment where my car had broke down and we're not even gonna get on public transportation where I was because damn near non-existent, okay? But among the people who helped me get to and from class and work for a couple of weeks was Soros. So again, just feeling so indebted, but so full and so, again, just who moved by how Soros, again, as a first gen, cause first gen, I'm out here at school. In my assistantship, I was making $800 a month and rent was 500, 300 for everything else. <laughs> so utilities and food, so you do the math, right? To have the help that I needed um, in ways that I probably always didn't understand that I needed it, but it was, it was there, we had each other. So even thinking about being a professional, while there have 
been many spaces that I've been in um, and I've been the minority, I still had a large group of black women who were accessible to me for guidance, wisdom, and support. Even more, it was being able to connect directly with SOARS in higher education and build communities outside of my workplace where I could get and share resources and I would have a safe space to grow. And one where they'd even say to you, sis, that ain't it, get out. <laughs> but as much as they would tell you to get out, you know, and do something different or you need to go on about your way, it would be sharing job opportunities and helping you prepare for interviews and reviewing resumes and CVs and sharing rooms at conferences where you just met for the first time. You know, hey, I'm going to this conference, trying to save one room, who trying to get together? Like that was something to be said, but to even have this trust in this environment. Um, and I say large group because the large group of women wasn't on campus, but there was a large group of us that we met at conferences and in social media groups. And it was just, I got you. <laughs> yes, you can pick up the phone and cop call me and talk and we're gonna talk through this and you're okay and you're safe and I got you. And so that was a tremendous, tremendous feeling for me. And as an entrepreneur, I can say that in almost everything I've ever done, in some way, a sore has been connected. It was a sore who was the first person to purchase my per my first book. It was because of a connection to sores that I had my first magazine feature and ended up on a top 20 list to watch. It was a sore who helped me get my first major speaking engagement. And I was really blown away because with my school, First Generation University, which back then was the Nine Lab, I ended up looking one day at the group itself, and at one point, over 80% of those who were enrolled were Deltas. And I was like, this is like a soror, you know, business group that unofficially we'll know about, but they were all first generation, right? All Deltas um, and connected, and it just worked out. And beyond the Deltas, at one point, though, more than 90% of the students in general were Black Greeks. So we'll come back to that general black Greek thing um, because I, that's very significant too. And I know that we'll likely have a conversation in addition to um, in the more fullness of black greenness because I'm being biased today about those. And let's just, we just go ahead and take that. Okay. So, but even um, in being in my sorority, one of our programmatic thrust is economic development. So historically being in higher education, I've long served on educational development committees. However, I've been able to still find a space within my sorority to continue to serve. So I'm taking this ever growing love for entrepreneurship and still able to give back in a way that is truly meaningful. So here's where I also say that I may talk about the no, you can't pick my brains, right? I've said that before, but it doesn't mean I'm not giving and helping my community. And I, everything that I do to uplift any community and to give back comes directly from Evangeline Worldwide as much as this aligning myself and still being committed to the service of Delta and serving with my sisters. So that's something I think is, is worth noting um, just while we're here because me and who I am individually in business is one thing, but it doesn't mean I'm not still showing up in meaningful ways to help my communities, um, the black community, right? Especially in other ways, it's finding the balance, but Delta gives me an avenue to serve and to be selfless in how I serve, but serving the way that makes sense for me, or at least just one way that makes sense for me. And I noticed, again, I talked about the Black Greek thing, and I do want to touch on it real quick because being a Delta, of course, you know, Black Greek, um, it has created opportunities for me to connect with other really dynamic and dope Black Greeks, period. There is this 
this understanding when it comes to being black Greek, like no matter the organization or if you went to an HBCU or PWI, that in my opinion, when we're out here in the world, we do a pretty good job at looking out for each other. Um, and I do want to further explore that because even in the sense of black Greekness and what being a Delta, being in my community of Delta has done for me, it's so expensive to think about how black Greeks it's kind of like y'all ever hear about like people on the street, black people on the street, you see each other, give each other the nod kind of thing. It feels like that with with black Greeks in general in several spaces. And it's not so much like, oh, well, you're an AKA, you're just oh, okay. It's kind of like if we the two, three black people in the room and we all realize we Greek too, it's love, it's love, it's love. So I'm gonna put it there. And even thinking about the people in my life who've been mentors to me that have been mentors from all kinds of backgrounds because my first boss supervisor when in grad school was an aka my dean of students was an alpha when i left you know one of my ace boom coons compadres and supervisors then was a zeta so i've had the pleasure of working with people from many backgrounds because foundationally as black related organizations something that is consistent is scholarship being at the forefront brotherhood and our sisterhood and service um that's what we share in common although our missions and ways are different but again a conversation for another day now back to delta <laughs> in life period though one of the things that being a part of a bjlo has really helped me with um, again, per personally, professionally, but it's really having sisters who are going to just have my back. People who are going to celebrate life's milestones and cry when it gets to be tough. Um, one of my long sisters, my 11, actually transitioned in 2021. And there was literally no one else in the, in the world who understood that kind of pain, but my long sisters. So being able to lean in and turn to them in a moment of grief that you really can't explain to anybody else um is truly something that deepens the bond but it also again continues to make you understand just how special this particular thing is um but not to stand sadness because i still get really moved by that i hadn't even been a year but it's been able to call on more experienced sorors right big sisters um who've had life life things to happen for which they can give you really sound advice for for really anything ones who can give you realness <laughs> give you realness like tell you how it is you be like dang she just said that to me she did but to know that it comes from a place of love and they tell you well put your big girl panties on and be okay give me a hug right um that's significant because in thinking about models and role models and mentors um to have that is really is really special um it's being able to also take what you learn and to take all that wisdom and things that you're getting along the way and then to go back and to pull your younger sisters along um to give them and be for them what you've needed to and in my experiences there have been so many young women with whom i've connected that are first generation um and in coming into the fold of delta and to be able to see myself and understand it even differently of what it means like yes since you made it <laughs> you got up in here and again wanted to have a, a, a different conversation with a group of us about navigating the space of pursuing membership into sororities and fraternities as a first gen just 
think again it'll just be better had with more of us but even in all that and like and while you're here though um for me it's kind of felt like for years and now you're safe and now you're good and now we got you um you got to put in the work though and when i say put in the work it's not so much of that it's a demanding kind of thing but putting in the work means even if i put these opportunities before you you got to show up you gotta gotta play your part um you gotta do what you gotta do because i may be able to lead you to the water but i can't make you drink kind of thing so but all love and it's a beautiful thing because it's a consistent to me constant thing of reaching as you climb so each time i move up and reach back to help somebody else she reaches back to help somebody else too and that is a beautiful thing to see and one thing that even comes to mind is it was really hitting me um that day that i left north carolina to go to mississippi just really really hit me just really hit me i can go almost anywhere in the world and have a soror there like as of this moment one of my line sisters actually lives in japan <laughs> you know and one of my first international students um in first generation university was somebody who was from virginia but living in abu dhabi but outside of that we've got chapters internationally so there's something truly special about just this idea there are over 300,000 women who have come through this organization who have pledged to it and i can literally go almost anywhere in the world and there's somebody with whom i share a very special connection and as a first gen going back to thinking about significance um, connection and community is something that we talk about lacking um, and there they can be alumni everywhere right of an institution who are doing things but there's something about being in my opinion black greek because of that bond um, because of this commitment to that sisterhood that speaks differently than maybe even just merely being an alum um that's why i met with it <laughs> and that's why i'm gonna say with it okay so i said a lot i've said a whole lot and it's just goodness gracious to me because it, putting the show together really really helped me actualize how significant being a part of a sorority has been for me but more specifically being a part of a bglo because as a first generation college student and now graduate, my sorority has kept me. It's, it's, really, it's really kept me. It's made me realize, you know, just this all in what it is, that for all the things in my life that I may have felt at one point were missing and valid in having felt so, that becoming a part of a BGLO has really offered many solutions to me or at least it's helped me find a way to a solution. Um, like I may not have been able to call home with college and or grad school related issues. You know, we talked about earlier being in grad school and getting to the airport and, you know, books and community and all this stuff, right? Um, navigating professionally, figuring out things as an entrepreneur, but I've always had the community that I've needed to help me through it all. And it's taken looking back to say, dang, you've been good this whole time. And this has been one of the primaries that you have been good because I've been able to lean on my sisters and my sisters aren't the only people that have been involved. You know, I'm gonna give people credits due, but this ain't that show. 
But I am saying that my, my sisters have been playing a significant role in filling in the gaps all along. <laughs> the gaps that I didn't even know needed to be filled and that I never looked at from a theoretical perspective or per research is just from what I've been through and looking at where I am now, my sister's been holding the homie down. <laughs> and now in my life, and again, I know the timing with everything is right. It's a reason it took me years to do this particular episode because I now see that I've always had, because of my Greek affiliation, um, being a Delta, being black Greek, that I've always had access to what and who I've needed. There is a little bit of everybody doing everything in Delta. And then when you move outside of Delta, other organizations, but I can always start at home for, again, the mentorship, the guidance, the professional development, the business community. I can look here first and know that I'm good um, and can and will be supported. I just got to find, you know, and who I need within it, but to even be able to ask at all to say, hey, Sora, I'm stuck with this. Do you have somebody who can help with this? Do you know what I can do? And to be like, well, Sora, let's do this. And to do it from a place of love and understanding. Um, goodness. You can tell I'm getting my feelings again. Yes, I am. So, again, I didn't realize it then, but I fully realize it now. And I'm going to say for lack of better word, shame on me, though, for all the times that I may not have asked for the help that I may have needed in situations because... The community has been there and the sorority is committed to the uplift of people and to service, but the service isn't limited to what we do in the community general. It's what we do even within our community that really stuns me and really leaves me still like I was that day at that banquet feeling speechless because of how powerful and impactful navigating this journey and doing so with with delta right it's just been it's mind-blowing and mind-blowing now because i think about the fact that although i am first generation i still have access as this collegiate graduate i still have access to who and what i need for all the days ahead again i just gotta fix my mouth to ask but in this fold you know it's it's with these hands that I am here to uplift you and I'm here to support you and to know that there are people who stand by that. Mississippi showed me that. <laughs> Mississippi showed me that to like in a way that I was not expecting, right? But I just asked and they showed up and the rest has been history. My lion sisters show me that. My big sister showed me that like I'm just shown that over and over again in all the ways and it's to never be doubted. So yes, I am in my feelings right now because it is, it has been beautiful. And so I say many of these things because what I understand as a result of all of how I know being black has changed my life in ways that I'm sure I haven't even explored in this because community was very at the forefront of the theme of, of what I kept coming to as I was preparing for this. So it just lets me, lets me know and leads me to want to say it is critical for us as first generation college students and graduates to find a solid community. It doesn't have to be a fraternity or sorority. You know, I felt like I was divinely led to it and it was the thing that worked for me, but you gotta find a community. 
gotta find a community as a matter of fact i'll even say it may be necessary for you to become a part of more than one community to get what you need in the different areas for what you need it uh even now while delta is very accessible to me and while other black greeks are very accessible to me and while you know i didn't even tell you this but my grandparents uh order the eastern star and the mason right so fraternal orders have been present in my life i understood that but community it matters right it, it really really matters so you got to find what you need and for me while again delta is just one of the communities for which i exist and has been obviously impactful in my life there are other communities for which i've been a part of for different things and that has in my opinion been one of the more significant things that's made the difference is community and i'm not gonna say this too <laughs> i laugh because it's not like we're just gonna go there it may not always be that you have free access to those communities and no you ain't paying for friends let me because i i ain't paying for no friends i've gotten friends as a result of joining the community right but i'm not getting into it because i didn't get into community into delta just thinking about oh, i knew the sisterhood element but the sisterhood element has spoken to me through the years it was a scholarship it was the sisterhood it was a service it was the being a part of something greater and the sisterhood is unmatched it has shown itself to me but I had to, yeah, pay my dues, but I pay my dues so my organization can run, not because I'm paying to have friends. Let me make that real clear. For anybody who's ever said or thought that, I mean, you can think what you think, but it ain't about paying for friends because even when you think about entrepreneurship or even any personal development thing that you may pursue, it's about gaining access to said thing. Um, it's about, it goes to the organization so that it can run and operate. And while I have membership, Membership comes with its privileges. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that there too. Okay, I'm gonna leave that there too. But either way, what I am saying is don't feel like you can't, wouldn't, and shouldn't um, invest for the seat at the table that you may need. Because again, outside of fraternities and sororities, there are many business communities and professional communities for which dues are required. And in so many ways, I would even challenge, you know, in saying that what's the difference between paying dues for those things to be a part of it and it is to pay for fraternity or sorority so all right i'm be quiet anyway i'm feeling so so full which i know that you know at this point um and i am just reminded in this moment how things really just work themselves out and how often so divinely things work themselves out because i just really did not know i can't tell you in truth that back in 2008 that I really understood the magnitude of what being a part of a BL, BGLO would mean for me, um, not just as a college student, but even particularly as I've been navigating adulthood. Uh, but it's been tremendous and I am, again, just incredibly, incredibly grateful and full and continuously in awe, continuously in awe. And I look forward to continuing the conversation about being first generation and BGLO um, extensively or not as extensively, but to having it from, again, the different perspectives of others who are first generation and black Greek, because I'm sure there are so many things that I haven't unpacked that I will and can unpack um, through said conversations. But on that note, I really uh, just, I'm just so grateful. And I want to give a very special shout out to a few chapters. I ain't trying to get beat up, Sarah. <laughs> trying to get beat up 
but I gotta do this because you know there have been in some ways connections um that are that are special so I'm just gonna just just tell them just just say to the greatest chapter the almighty alpha row chapter where your ducks are literally in a row chapter doing too much just let me have it <laughs> let me have it um but to the home team you already know what's up so much love um gamma row iota row alpha lambda omicron epsilon mu omicron theta pi kappa omicron kappa sigma mu nu sigma xi hattiesburg alumni clinton mississippi alumni jackson alumni nightdale wake forest alumni charlotte alumni johnson county alumni western wake alumni and the raleigh alumni chapters i thank you i thank you and i thank you i thank all of you for the roles that you played in my life for the communities that you have created that have kept me that have welcomed me that have loved me that have supported me that have seen me that have just been a part um, of this journey of mine um, and, and in many ways um, that I just can't fully express with words um, have been tremendous for me I want to thank you all of you so very much um, just goodness but on that note I will say that there is none greater than Delta Sigma Theta. Keep pressing forward. 